everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Life Authentic with Christy and Beth. Welcome back. Welcome back. So, Christy, you and I haven't seen each other for a little while. I feel like we usually see each other pretty often because we're working together and doing things together, but every, but almost every day. Yeah. We may not see each other like every day, like over the weekend, but, but even we're usually like talking back and forth by text yeah. and like going over different stuff. And um, between me being sick, we talked about how I got COVID and I was yes. down for the count for like two weeks. How are you feeling now? Stay. Are you better? Um, I am. Every week, I feel like I'm better. I yeah. am way better than last time we talked about it, which I guess was a week, a couple weeks ago, maybe. Um, yeah, there's still some lingering effects. I mean, like some brain fog, some fatigue, some crazy stuff that I haven't really experienced with ever just being sick with yeah. like other stuff yeah. before. But I feel so much better. Like I'm Good. back to, you know, better energy levels and stuff like that. But like that kept us away from each other because yeah. obviously I had COVID so I wasn't getting around <laughs> you but then you have been going on vacation how was you just got back from New York how was that oh it was great we had such a fun time I went with dad and Olivia mm-hmm. and Phoenix the two kids and we just had we had a blast but I'm trying to get back on Georgia time because we turned into New Yorkers for a few <laughs> days we were ordering Chinese food at like 10 30 at night oh, and I eating at it. 11 o'clock staying up it. late and just going, going, going the whole time, which, I mean, we had a wonderful time. But then, you know, once all that's over and you get back home, you're kind of like, oh, now oh, I need to, yeah, I need to recover from my vacation. Mm-hmm. So, but it was great. We had a, we had a really good time. I loved your pictures. Y'all, you had the greatest pictures. Y'all just looked like you were having fun, you know? Yeah, we, we packed so much into, we were there for like five days and we packed so much into those days that, that I had planned ahead of time. And then a bunch of things that we just kind of threw in when we were there. Mm-hmm. So it was really busy. But what all did y'all get great. to do? I mean, I know I saw pictures of like the Statue of Liberty and you did all the touristy stuff. So, yeah, we went to it? Liberty Island and Ellis Island. Mm-hmm. We went to we went to the up the entire uh, entire the Empire State Building, mm-hmm. which I had never done. I've been to New York a couple of times, but I'd never been up there. Um, we went there, went to the Rockefeller Center to the top. They call it Top of the Rock. Um, we went to the American Museum of Natural History, oh. which was incredible. Oh. You could take two solid days to just go through the entire museum. It's huge. I have to do that. I would and love I will that. tell you, you would love this part. It was all of our favorite part of the whole museum. And that's saying it? a lot because the whole museum, there were so many displays and so much. But we, um, this was a, spe- a special exhibition they had. Um, it was a planetarium, and oh, I can't remember the name of it oh, now. It was like life after Earth and space. I, I Anyway, I can't remember, but it was just, it was so great. That was like the very end of the museum tour that we did, and it was just great. That's awesome, because you got to see some shows and stuff, too, didn't Well, we you? went to see uh, Beetlejuice on Broadway, <laughs> which was absolutely hilarious. I was not expecting it to be so funny. But we laughed the entire time. The guy that played Beetlejuice was just... Because I, I was like, you know, we watched the the movie Beetlejuice yeah. when we were kids. Yeah. And I'm like, how is anybody going to top Stephen Keaton? Or Michael Keaton, yeah. wrong one. Um, because, you know, he was so funny. Mm-hmm. But this guy was just... He was hilarious. So, yeah, it was... Uh, there, we did a lot of other things, too. But... Um, we did all the New Yorky things like go to Times Square and yeah. eat hot dogs and little food from the little food trucks <laughs> and all that. So it was uh, 
And we did lots of shopping. My kids, especially Olivia, loves to shop. She gets that from yeah. her. Yeah. Yes, she does. <laughs> I told her that on the trip. But she loves, she had to go everywhere and shop. So she loves H&M. She went into an H&M, which is mm-hmm. like five stories tall. Oh, yeah, that's tall. a big one. So she was just like in heaven. But it was just a great trip. We had so much fun and made so many good memories, took lots of pictures. That's and, awesome. you know, it was a really unique trip, too, just to go with dad and my and, two yeah. kids. Yeah, we've never taken a trip like that. Yeah. And uh, with Olivia and Phoenix being the age that they are now, 14 and 16, that's they're a good age. a lot of fun. Yeah, well, they're independent enough where yeah. I feel like you're probably, like if I took Dax to New York, for instance, he's five, I would probably be a nervous wreck the whole time because yeah. I would be trying to keep up with him. And, you know, but I think that's such a great age and it's a great age to remember all your memories. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I feel like I, I took a lot of trips when I was younger, but my memories aren't as vivid because I was so small. But the trips that I took when I was Phoenix and Olivia's age, I really remember. Yeah. And I made really great memories that still now at 41, I can look <laughs> back on and really remember. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really, it was really good. You're actually getting ready to go on vacation, aren't you? Yes, we are headed to Riviera Maya on Friday. Okay. We're so looking forward to it. Nevada told me last night, he was like, we've just been so busy. And then, you know, like I said, I got sick and that threw a whole like (laughs) other element into our life. And um, he told me last night because we've been so busy. He said, he looked at me like we were about to go to bed and he said, I'm like I'm excited that we're about to go (laughs) leave and be on vacation for a week. And that's like the first time either of us. And I was like, me too. It's like the first time either of us have even thought about being excited that we're going to go be at a resort for a week <laughs> yeah. and just chill. And of course, Dax is really excited too. So That's going to be really fun. Phoenix was so excited. I guess he didn't realize that you guys were going to the Nickelodeon Resort. Mm-hmm. He was like, why didn't they take me with them? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're testing it out. We've never been. And I think I told you, it's either going to be amazing or we're going to really regret it because you know it's it's kind of centered around kids because it's a Nickelodeon resort of course I'm a big kid because I grew up on Nickelodeon so I'm probably going to love it too but also but the the other resorts like the all-inclusive resorts that I've been to have been adult only yeah and so I'm so like, that's a big difference. I'm like, oh my God, is it just going to be a ton of screaming kids and like kid activities? I hope not, but yeah. we'll see. We'll we'll give you all the details when we yeah. get back. I'm sure y'all have a great time. Yeah. I'm I'm sure. I, my thoughts are that they have it set up so that the parents enjoy it too. Otherwise, that the yes, parents wouldn't want to come back or recommend it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Either way, I mean, a week off, just the three of us. You yeah, know, we're gonna enjoy the heck out of it yeah that's awesome i'm gonna miss y'all but i hope y'all have the best time yeah we're looking forward to it so what are we going to talk about today um we're going to talk about disappointment so disappointment is disappointment is inevitable right yes (laughs) we would like to think that it's not it's gonna happen always Always. Oh, I just remember we have our air conditioner on up here. I know. It's probably making background <laughs> noise. Oh, well. Here, we'll turn it off. Turn off. I just realized That's how loud that was. a lot of background noise. I hope that didn't just ruin our recording. Oh, no. Sorry about that, y'all, but we were hot up here. So we, <laughs> we usually crank the air up and then turn it off because it's a little bit noisy, but I, we totally forgot. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, well. <laughs> so don't yeah, be dis- disappointed. <laughs> I apologize for that cheese. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, disappointment is inevitable. 
and um, it's something that I don't think one human being has not experienced. If right. you if you are that person who hasn't experienced who hasn't experienced disappointment, like please talk to us. We need to talk to you. Yes, for sure. We don't know how you dodged it. Well, you know, I feel like the higher your expectations, too, the higher your disappointments. Mm -hmm. So I've had to, through the years, learn to lower my expectations. And that sounds kind of like you give up or like, oh, I have no expectations. But it's really like a freeing thing when you let your expectations go. Yeah. Because then you don't get disappointed nearly as often. But, you know, you're still, even if you don't have many expectations, you're still going to have disappointments, unexpected and you know, mm -hmm. things that you didn't even, like, you weren't even planning on. Yeah, you didn't I think, have any expectations for, in other words. Right. I think anything that you go into, though, you don't even intentionally have expectations. Say that it's something that you're working really hard at. Just, I think, unconsciously, we just think I mean like I guess we're not setting expectations even intentionally it yeah. just kind of comes along with certain processes right you know and I think that that's another thing that's inevitable is that we have expectations sometimes without even knowing it so like you said being aware of your expectations I think is really important because it keeps them realistic <laughs> Well, and I think, especially if you're a person who is always trying to be better and, you know, mm -hmm. you set goals for yourself and things like that, it's easier for you to be disappointed in yourself because, I mean, I myself expect a lot from myself. Yeah. So it's easy for me to disappoint myself when I don't reach a goal or I don't get to where I want to be in a certain amount of time or accomplish something that I've been working on, mm -hmm. you know. I, yeah, I probably get disappointed in myself as much as I do disappointed in every other things that happen to me or around me. Well, and I think that's something that that comes down the path after you. Well, I think a, a good place to start is acknowledging the disappointment, because I think it's easy with stuff that makes us feel like, first of all, you know, a lot of emotions come along with disappointment. Like you can have sadness, mm -hmm. like I get really sad when I feel disappointed, whether it's in myself or a situation or a, another person. Uh, resentment, anger can come along with disappointment. Um, there's a whole wave of other emotions, too. Yeah, I get a really bad attitude sometimes when I'm disappointed, <laughs> yeah. especially with myself. And I'll have to mm -hmm. I'll have to watch it because I'll get in a really bad mind frame. And just be in a really bad mood. And then I'll take it out on people around me. And I have to check myself and say, wait a minute. Like, don't take this out on other people. This is your own disappointment that you mm -hmm. have going on. So mm -hmm. it's not the problem of everybody else around you. Yeah. And if you dive into it even deeper, then I feel like you bring more disappointment on yourself at that point. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think acknowledging your disappointment maybe helps you control a little bit of that because... I, I'm a big fan of acknowledging emotions and situations anyway, because I think it, it's kind of first nature to when something makes you feel bad, when it makes you feel sad, when it makes you feel hurt or angry or uncomfortable, you don't really want to dive into that head right. on. But that's the the starting point for healing and progress, I think, to a lot of different things, not just dis disappointment, is acknowledging like you were saying, you may take it out on other people, but saying, 
I acknowledge my disappointment. So I know that's where all these emotions are coming from because I was disappointed and that's okay. Yeah. And so it's not his fault or her fault or whatever. Like this is, this is me dealing with disappointment. And so just being more aware, acknowledging that can make you feel more aware. I think of taking out those emotions on other people. I mean, you might still do it, but at least you're aware of it. Right. Well, and I don't know if you're like this, but for me, um, when I, when I get disappointed, Mm -hmm. I can, um, like I said, take it out on other people, but I'll, a lot of times just be like, I'm okay. And just try to suppress it and move on. Yeah. Well, a lot of times if you do that, if you don't express it and you don't just deal with the disappointment, it's Mm going to come out later in another way with something else. Like when you suppress that, it's still in there. Like you're not letting it go. So that's something that I've had to work on through the years is, you know, what you just said, acknowledging disappointments and Mm -hmm. like validating that and saying it's okay that I'm disappointed but let me just deal with it and then I can move on well and I'm probably a little bit different than you because we've talked about this before you are a little bit more introspective Mm -hmm. and I probably am the other extreme but it's not a good thing either because sometimes I dive into the emotions head on too much right and sometimes it's better to step back from them I think um so acknowledgement usually isn't a problem for me <laughs> in that sense, but it is a problem that I have to be careful about getting myself back out of that feeling or emotion. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, like I, I can acknowledge it. I can face it head on because I really just me personally, I feel like you have to do that with a lot of things. Right. Just face it head on, get through it. But coming out the other side for me sometimes you get caught into it a little bit yeah yeah yeah. so I've read something the other day and I really loved this because I think it can be applied to different things like our different emotions and things we go through are like a wave and it said it's like a wave you have to ride it in all its stages until it passes yeah and that's what disappointment feels like for me sometimes is like a wave, you know, it starts out mild and it builds and it builds and it builds. Yeah. And you're, you can either ride on the top of it, over it, or sometimes when it crashes, it just pushes you under. I <laughs> right. feel like I get pushed under a lot of times, yeah. you know, yeah. and that, I guess that little visualization helped me because I was like, yeah, you just got to ride it, ride through the emotions. I like that. And when it's over, it's over, you know, everything is calm again. And just knowing that I'm going to get through this, I'm going to ride it and go through all the stages that I need to get through. But then... I'm going to be past it. Right. So, yeah, like that that's, that's probably, I struggle more on the other end, which is coming out of that emotion. Yeah. Well, I think something else, too, that helps is if you, you sort of focus and refocus on the big picture. Like, is this the disappointment? Is it something small that you're kind of letting take over you? Mm-hmm. Or is it or is it something that really deserves a lot of your emotion and, yeah. and, and attention and feeling, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because a lot of times, depending on what's going on in your life, you can let like a really small disappointment that you should be able to ride over a little easier. Yeah. You can let that just kind of wreck everything. Yeah. So I think it's, you know, it, it's a good thing to kind of step back and refocus, kind of back up and look at the big picture of everything and how that disappointment 
fits into the big picture of your overall life and overall plan. Yeah, I think that's a good way to help pull yourself out of it, too, because, I mean, let's face it, sometimes disappointments are big and they are part of the big picture, but not letting yourself get absorbed in that, you know, the wave crashed and drug you under kind of emotion right. and, and focusing back on the big picture is a good way to to stay positive and really think, wait a minute, is this a little blip or is this like the big thing? And uh, that's a good reminder to to just refocus your energy and your thoughts. Well, and a lot of times when things don't work out and we have disappointments, I'll just use like a relationship for an example say that you really care about somebody, but the relationship doesn't work out and you break up Mm -hmm. and you're heartbroken and you're so disappointed. But then 10 years down the road, you realize that if that would not have, if you wouldn't have had that disappointment and you wouldn't have had that breakup, then you wouldn't be with the person that you're Mm -hmm. with now, which is so much better and you love so much more deeply. And, you know, being able to realize that a disappointment is not, permanent it's Mm -hmm. just temporary and that there's possibly more than likely actually something better out there for you Mm -hmm. if you have if you can learn to kind of have that blind trust and faith Mm -hmm. that something better is out there or this disappointment is happening for a reason and that's not always easy because sometimes we just we have disappointments that just suck and it's hard to find the silver lining in the in the cloud, so to speak. Right. But I mean, that goes back to experience and acknowledging, validating and letting yourself feel that. Because once I think you do that, you can move on to things like yeah. the big picture and believing something's better out there because you let yourself go through the stages of all the feelings. Like for me, recently, I say recently, several months ago, I was in a work situation where um, I found myself feeling uh, re- repeatedly disappointed. Yeah. And I think that's a big red flag. I'm no longer, thankfully, I'm no longer in that situation. But here's the thing. I was holding on to this thing. And I found myself more and more becoming disappointed. You know, I felt like I was putting in work and I felt like I was giving my best effort. I felt like I was taking different angles and I I constantly found myself disappointed in the outcome. Right. Well, that repeated disappointment caused me to start feeling disappointed in myself. That's a very hard pill to swallow because then you're like, what am I doing wrong? What am I not doing? And so then I I, failure. (laughs) Yes. And then I got in this repeated pattern of, feeling disappointed on a regular basis and I think when you you were just talking about looking at the big picture looking at something's better it was hard for me to walk away from that because I put so much work and effort into it and I didn't get the results I wanted I got disappointment I felt disappointed right but I realized walking away after I walked away from that 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 disappointment, that regular disappointment. Now I had to deal with the repercussions of what had happened. Right. But I was not being disappointed on a regular basis anymore. I had new opportunities to not be disappointed and I felt growth and I felt inspiration. Of course, I had to go through all of the, you know, feeling all that disappointment and not getting the results I wanted. You had to go through the motions and the emotions of, of like what was and what had been and moving to a different place. So. Yes, but a lot of times 
on the note of looking forward to something brighter, sometimes you don't even realize that the disappointment you're going through is also unburdening you from a lot of other things. You might still have to deal with that acute emotion of like, hey, I've been disappointed recently. Right. But the future disappointment doesn't happen. Yeah. And that's what I experienced is that letting that go was kind of like, oh, you know, like now I have like opportunity for new things. Right. For growth and for doing the things that you really want and feel passionately about. Well, I'm a firm believer, too, that when you're in a place like that, when mm-hmm. you can't really find a peace and you're you're disappointed over and over, whether it's a workplace or a relationship or just in your everyday life or with yourself, to me, that's always like a sign that, that you need to move or something mm-hmm. needs to change. You're not in the right place or you're not doing something right. And God is trying to shake you out of that and lead you in a direction for something better. Like I just, you know, I get chills when I think about that because mm-hmm. I believe that so firmly. It's hard though. Like you said, you will dig with your that. heels in sometimes and deny yeah, it. Yeah. You're getting all the signs, but you're saying, No, God, I got this figured out. Right. You know? Well, especially especially when it's something that you've invested a lot of your time and energy mm-hmm. into. Mm-hmm. It's really hard just to say, Oh, well, this is not working. Let me go on to something else. I mean, that's, that's hard mm-hmm. to do a lot of times. Well, and you're acknowledging that you, you failed at maybe a goal you had set for yourself, whether it was consciously or unconsciously, you set this goal for yourself, and you didn't reach that goal. So it just feels like complete failure. Well, I have a lot to of say areas. in that situation, you, you, I, I, I was very uh, privy to that information in that <laughs> yeah. situation. Uh, and you, definitely were not a failure. I think that you gave it everything that you possibly well, could. You. I think you went above and beyond it, it and even stayed in there and did more than most people would have in your situation. So thank you. Definitely. You can't fault yourself for that. But your point is is valid. I see what you're saying. Well, and I think you have to acknowledge I appreciate you saying that. But I think I have to also acknowledge this helps me when I'm coming through the other end of disappointment and things like that. And we talk about this often with a lot of different things. And that is taking responsibility and acknowledging your part in it, whether your part was, hey, maybe you were trying, but maybe you tried too long and all the signs were there and you should have stepped away further. Maybe it's like that you... um you know, there, there wasn't the, the open communication that you, you wanted. Just being, um, being able to acknowledge that you're, you, you had, you had a part in it, I guess. I kind of lost my train of thought, but acknowledging that you had a part in it and taking responsibility that maybe you could have had better communication. Maybe you could have done this or done that. And taking responsibility for your part in it helps you grow. Of course. And helps you get past it. Because at the end of the day, whether you're disappointed in a job or another person or a situation, all you really can control and change is your part in that, right? That's right. So that is, that is, I think, a really important thing. And also... It helps me like, I mean, I appreciate what you said, but it does give me a little bit of um, peace to know that I did try to 
give it my all. I think that helps in situations if you're like, well, I try to do everything right. that I knew to do. Well, and ultimately, the, the, to me, the greatest thing you can walk away with with something like that is is taking responsibility for it mm-hmm. so that you grow as a person, you know, and not putting the blame on everything else. Sometimes things are completely out of your control and it doesn't matter. You know, you could try a hundred thousand times over again. And when something's out of your control like that, you only you can only like you said control yourself your actions your emotions your you know what's going on with you so the ultimate thing is to be able to walk away from that and to be able to grow as a person grow from that disappointment and just become a better person so I like your your outlook and and how that you have come through that right and well you said this on a a previous podcast I don't remember which one but I always like this too that when you take responsibility and acknowledge and take responsibility for your part in something it takes the power away from it yeah and I think that's a good tip for coming out the other side because you can say well yeah I did you know this was my part there are a lot of elements out of my control but this is my part and I know moving forward that I've learned, I will grow, I won't repeat that mistake. It was a hard lesson to learn, but I learned it. And then it take you know, the power is gone from things feeling so out of control, you feel like there's things you can control, growth and potential for the future that you know, that won't happen again. Well, again, that goes back to expectations. We we mentioned this a little bit in the very beginning, Mm -hmm. but you know, taking responsibility for your expectations. And a lot of times you can set really unreal expectations. Mm -hmm. And I think in that situation, you did have a certain set of expectations based on what you were putting into the situation. Mm -hmm. So, but then the other side of that is, you know, you can't, what will let you down faster than anything is having expectations in other people to be or react or mm-hmm. respond in a certain way to you. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, what will get you a lot of times and disappoint you in situations is having unrealistic expectations from other people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have to have a certain amount of expectations, right? Like, mm-hmm. you, you, we set goals and things like that for ourselves. So we have to have a certain amount of expectations and a standard because, you know, you don't want to have no expectations from somebody and they treat you like crap. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you have, you lose your self-respect and everything else because I've also been in that kind yeah. of a situation, but just learning to set realistic expectations yeah, so that you're not overly disappointed when something, you know, doesn't work out the way that you planned or, or envisioned it. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's a big thing is to have those realistic expectations, be aware of your expectations. But how about this side of it? What about if you've set, you feel very confident that you've set realistic expectations and you still feel disappointed? I think yeah. that that happens too, that you look back and you, um, because you and I talk about expectations a lot, I, I do feel like we are aware a lot of times of our expectations right. and we evaluate that. What about if you feel like you've had realistic expectations and you were still disappointed? Well, yeah, that's a tough one. I guess for me, that would go back to acknowledging your part in it because there's the rest of it is kind of out of your control, right? Yeah, yeah. Those are uh, the really big uh, disappointments, I think, because 
when you do feel like you've set real expe- realistic expectations mm-hmm. and you've worked around that and mm-hmm. tried to do everything you can. Again, though, more than likely, that is something, I mean, something is going on that's totally out of your control. Yeah. If you have done everything, mm-hmm. if, if you feel confident that you've done everything you can do in a situation and it still doesn't work out, again, it kind of goes back to, well, maybe God's trying to tell me something because if I've done my best and I've, you know, set realistic expectations, then maybe it's time for me just to move on. Maybe, you know. Yeah, because, I mean, really, it's all about letting go of disappointment in the end, right? Because we want to be healthy. I mean, we haven't even talked about the heavy burden of the emotional, mental, Uh, and physical toll that disappointment can can take on you. Because we talked about, you know, having those emotions and, and, you know, asking yourself the whys and all that. But it takes a huge toll on you mentally, emotionally, and even physically when you experience disappointment, because it's like a sense of loss, right? right? Like something didn't go your way, it didn't work out, something failed, and you're disappointed. So having that outlook like, hey, wait a minute, this is a big disappointment, but I probably wouldn't have left that situation or I probably wouldn't have changed courses or this wouldn't have happened if all those disappointments hadn't happened. So that, you know, I know you and I are a huge believer in that. That's God saying, yeah, hey, disappointment was the only way I could get your <laughs> get your hard headed self to listen. Right. And so better things are on the on the horizon. So, yeah, I love that. That really helps you, I think, let go to say it wasn't meant for me. Yeah. Yes, I'm disappointed. Right. Yes, I had to go through that, but it wasn't meant for me. I just I just had a funny memory pop into my head um, about like, you know, I think in relationships of any kind, you can be disappointed as much as you can with anything, because especially if it's somebody you care about or that you're close to. Um, but, you know, I think disappointments can those can be the really hard ones that that mm-hmm. take a real toll on you physically and emotionally but it just made me think i remember when i was going through a divorce even though i knew it, what it's what was best mm-hmm. and like as soon as i left i felt like the weight of the world had been lifted off of me i still had to go through the emotions mm-hmm. of breaking my family up and having two small i mean they were really my kids were really small mm-hmm. and and i lost a lot of weight in the process just because you know your emotions are so just everywhere and I remember you and I were with a friend of ours and she looked at me and she says oh you're on that divorce diet aren't you (laughs) she's like I I was on that too you know yeah that's a real thing (laughs) but yeah it really does affect you Mm -hmm. disappointments can affect you in you know in a negative way as far as your health and you know a lot of times you won't sleep good at night sleep is actually probably one of the first things where disappointment gets me because I'll wake up in the middle of the night and start thinking about whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like done, you know, so it can, it can really take a toll on you. Yeah, that is definitely one of, I think one of the hardest things is the physical, mental, emotional toll that it takes on you because it's real. I mean, you know how I love like science. Like I, I love to like know the science behind stuff. I right. feel like sometimes just, I, I don't know. I just, I'm a little bit nerdy when it comes to that, but it helps me understand things. If I research and understand the science behind certain like emotions that we have and stuff and disappointment actually affects your parasympathetic nervous system. 
And when it gets triggered, I mean, your parasympathetic nervous system is a, a good thing. Yeah. It's the part that like calms you down from like fight or flight that the sympathetic nervous system gives you. But also if it's triggered in the wrong way, I didn't know this, but I read this. It's can lead to like, you know, melancholy and depression and like a really bad thing that you can sink into. This is more along the lines of mentally, but we know we've both experienced depression more than once. Right. It starts in your in your head. Right. But then it takes a huge toll on the rest of your body. Yeah. And I just thought that was interesting because it made me understand that, wow, like emotions like our thoughts that are disappointing are literally affecting and triggering me physically. And it's scientific. You know, this thing is happening in my body. And that's a good point to make is make take very good care of yourself physically, mentally, emotionally during times of disappointment, because you can maybe not realize, like you said, with divorce, you just got skinny and got, you know, yeah. and that was because you've lost the probably the probably the desire to even eat. Yeah. And I, I didn't even realize that you don't even time. think yeah. about. Yeah. yeah. And so that's something so important that while you're acknowledging this is take care of yourself mentally and physically, because I haven't always done that. You know, no, I, I haven't always been aware of what toll it was taken on me. Well, and I've also taken another approach, and that was to like to turn to alcohol. I'm not proud to say mm-hmm. that. But, you know, when you're going through something stressful and you're very disappointed, whether it's in yourself or somebody else mm-hmm. or just you know, something going on in your life in general, you know, alcohol and drugs and things like that, they tend to have a numbing effect. Mm -hmm. And so there have been uh, quite a few times in my life when I when I had those feelings, and I didn't really know what to do with them. So I would just like start drinking just to kind of numb that and to kind of feel better, you Mm -hmm. know, and before you know it, that can get you into even a deeper hole. And make you feel even worse because you're not dealing with what's actually going on. You're just trying to numb the disappointment and, you know, numb the pain, so to speak. And so and that has an even worse long term effect on your health and your physical health and your mental health. Yeah, that was me before I got a divorce. Um, I turned to alcohol like I said, it's not something I'm proud of, but hey, it's part of my life and, right. and who I who I was and what I went through. But I turned to alcohol before I got a divorce because that's exactly what I feel like I was trying to dis- I was trying to first of all escape the pain and escape the the terrible situation that my relationship had gotten in. But it kept me. I drank a lot of alcohol, and because it kept me from facing what I knew would bring me so much disappointment. Mm-hmm. And so mine wasn't after my divorce that that wasn't something that I turned to. Thankfully, that was something I realized and said, oh, my gosh, like I was pouring alcohol on top of the problem to numb myself from the pain and to avoid and put off the inevitable, inevitable which that I was going to get a divorce and be disappointed and feel like a failure and all those things. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I can relate to that first hand. Well, and divorce is, is super hard when, you know, I have, I've been through it myself. You have, mm-hmm. and we have lots of friends and other mm-hmm. family who have been through it. And I think it's one of the hardest things and talk about disappointments. You know, it doesn't really matter how unhappy you are in a marriage. There's still something to be said that, when you get to that point where it comes to divorce, even if you're even if you know it's the best thing, 
and you don't mm-hmm. want to be with that person, you know it's the better thing for both mm-hmm. of you, it, there's still a huge disappointment that comes along with that because, you know, I, I've said this many times, you know, nobody goes into a marriage thinking, well, I'm probably going to get divorced one day. Mm-hmm. You know, you go into a marriage thinking that it's going to be, you know, forever after. Mm-hmm. And when it doesn't work out, you have disappointment in yourself and the other person. And, you know, it can it can be a long term thing if you don't learn how to deal with it and, you know, sort of find yourself again and just deal with that pain and work through it. So, yeah. And I think people who maybe haven't been through divorces, sometimes I think people think that people stop loving each other or they, you know, a lot of times that's true. Don't get me wrong. There's all kinds of reasons that aren't like mine. They quit loving that person. They stop. Um, they grow apart. They grow in different directions. For me, I still very much loved this person, but it was, we're talking about physical, emotional, uh, mental state. I literally had to leave for my own mental, emotional, physical health. Right. Because that's how much of a toll that the unhealthy relationship was taking on me. And I had to do that. And that's very hard. Like you said, it's very hard to get yourself, just like I talked about with the work situation, you've invested this time, you still want to do this thing, and you still think you can succeed, but you know, it's what's best for you on so many levels. And it is hard when you leave, even though you know, it's the best thing. It is hard when you leave any situation like that, that brings disappointment to go through all of this stuff that comes along with that. Right. And nobody really wants to check that divorced on the single married, divorced, (laughs) widowed. You know, you don't really want to check the divorced. You don't want to have to say, oh, I'm divorced. And not that there's, you know, I know there are a lot of different opinions on this, especially if you get into like religious views and things like that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work. It just does not (laughs) work out. You can give something, not even a relationship, you can give something everything that you have Mm -hmm. and it just still not work out and again Mm -hmm. to me that just goes back to god's trying to take you in a different direction Mm -hmm. because you know we're hard-headed we're very hard-headed and just as people in general you know you get something set a certain way in your mind and you're like i'm gonna make this work no matter what i'm gonna accomplish this or you know i'm not giving up and sometimes it's all there is left to do because there's nothing else you can do yeah, and I, I'm very, very hard-headed. I think we all have a, a bit of that in us, but I'm extremely hard-headed. I always have been, just ask my parents, but um, <laughs> I can vouch for that. <laughs> I, mean, I know, you know that too. But and I've always had the mentality of like, go big or go home. And I, I, I have a hard time, because I am so hard-headed, letting go of things sometimes, because I'm like, I'm going to make this work. Yeah. I'm going to go big. I'm going to do it right. I'm going to succeed. And that is just not always what the big plan is for us. And so I've had to learn over and over again. I still struggle with it. I mean, I'm definitely not beyond the hardheadedness and and that mentality. But I do recognize that I'm that way and that I need to have a little more balance in those areas. But anyway, um, I know I'm rambling, but getting back to the point of, yes, take care of yourself mentally and physically don't forget your nutrition. Don't forget that, you know, you, your meditation or, or, I mean, for me, it's prayer. If that's not your thing, that's fine. But 
I pray about the big stuff, the little stuff, the medium stuff. I mean, yeah, God's probably like, give me a minute, Beth. I just sat down. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, you know, that's a, that's a, something that helps me um, mentally and, and emotionally is, is when I pray about things. And of course, I love things like meditation and yoga and stuff like that, too. Yeah, yeah, I think that's super important to make sure that you take care of your physical and emotional health and, Mm -hmm. you know, just little things. Like you said, the prayer and meditation, but also like your physical um, health of just making sure that you try to take, you know, don't go out and get smashed drunk (laughs) and, you know, eat eat good food. And even if you don't feel like eating, drink something that's nutritious, Mm -hmm. you know, just something to help you get past that point and get through it because you will get through it. That's the thing. You will get through it. And like I said, disappointment is just temporary and you, you but will physical get and it. emotional health sometimes are not. So True. you have to be very aware of that, right. that once you go through all those emotions, if you haven't taken care of yourself physically, that that can come with a lot of other things <laughs> that can, no pun intended, be very disappointing, too, if you're not taking care of your body through it all. Exactly. Well, and I think another thing that helps a lot of times when we're disappointed is to distract yourself from that disappointment you know go have lunch with a friend or go get outside or go do something go watch a movie go do something that Mm -hmm. distracts you and gets your mind on something else or go do something good for somebody else i love that one yes it's not always easy because you know when you're disappointed you're kind of thinking about yourself and your own feelings but you know do something for somebody else um but but just do something to distract yourself and to kind of get your mind in a different direction, yeah. because a lot of times when you do that, first of all, you're going to feel better. Mm-hmm. But second of all, you're going to open your mind up to other things and not be focused on whatever that disappointment is. Yeah. And that goes hand in hand with gratitude. You know, we say this often and we'll never quit saying it, no doubt. <laughs> Having gratitude and acknowledging all of the things that are right are a good distraction sometimes um, or is a good distraction sometimes because it it does it, having gratitude for the things that aren't disappointing actually helps you keep that more positive outlook and helps you stay more distracted from the negative outcomes from the disappointment right and so just showing that that gratitude and really trying to stay focused on the positive is a very good distraction as well not yeah. to just obsess and dwell in that negativity well and not to go back to divorce again but because that does tend to be a huge disappointment mm-hmm. for a lot of people you know when i was going through that my gratitude came in with my kids like yeah. looking at those two little awesome kids yeah and they were so happy and full of life and you know having gratitude for them and realizing that, oh my God, I'm so blessed to have these two Mm -hmm. awesome, tiny little humans. Mm -hmm. And, you know, looking for things like that. And it doesn't even have to be as big as like your kids, but, you know, anything that you can find gratitude in, it's amazing how gratitude works and can just change your whole outlook. I know just being grateful is just so powerful because like I said, it not only it makes you I mean, let's face it, it makes you feel good inside when you say thank you for this, right? You know, when you're just saying thank you for my blessings, thank you for what is going right. I'm grateful for these things. But it also, like we mentioned, reminds you of of the positive things that you do have, because right. if you're saying you're grateful for something, that's something good, right? Yeah. yeah and so it's exactly. a constant acknowledgement 
of the good in your life. And I love how those two things go hand in hand. It, it's a good way to just bring yourself out of a funk, I think, is just to start counting what what are all the things I can be grateful for. Right. Well, something else that always helps me, too, is like talking to a friend oh, or yeah. talking to your spouse mm-hmm. or talking to a therapist, mm-hmm. depending on the situation. Just being able to vocalize what you're going through or what you're feeling and having somebody to listen to maybe um, help you through it mm-hmm. or to take your mind off of it, you know, whatever the case may be, just talking to someone and not keeping all of that inside can just really help. And a lot of times, you know, when you talk about it, you once you get it out, it helps you look at the big picture mm-hmm. like we were talking about earlier. And sometimes just talking about it and vocalizing it helps you see it from a different perspective and helps you see a solution that you may not have seen before. Yeah, because friends, therapists, uh, you know, whoever it may be, they're good sounding boards. Sometimes you just need someone to listen, but sometimes people give you feedback. And like you said, it helps you see things from a different perspective. And I think this goes back to validating the feeling, like after you acknowledge it, talking about it kind of validates it. And it's another way of getting it out because we don't want to stuff down those emotions, you know, because it's going to come out eventually. But unfortunately, when you when you um, pretend something's not there, a lot of times it will come out unexpectedly and it can be really bad. So I think talking to someone is is a, a great thing because it also, again, validates that feeling and what you're going through and that you were disappointed or you went through this thing. Well, you know, it's just like, you know, children who have been abused mm-hmm. when they're when they're young. You know, unless they I think it doesn't have to be as something as big or as traumatic as abuse, but you know, it it's been proven that that when kids don't face that, like it affects them all the way mm-hmm. into adulthood mm-hmm. and can affect their relationships, you know, 40 years later or can affect their whole entire life and they don't even really know what it is that's making them feel or act or be the way that they are being and you know trauma and disappointments and things that happen to you if you don't get that out like you said I mean it'll it'll really just I don't want to say rot you because that sounds like a terrible term but it's kind of the way that it is like it it builds up and it will affect you and come out in ways that when you don't even realize it, it'll affect other things in your life if you don't deal with it. Yeah, I think, I mean, acknowledging it and talking about it helps you deal with it, right? Yeah. I mean, it helps you deal with it. And if you don't ever deal with it, then it's just a constant stumbling block. It's just something that, like you said, eats away on the inside of you, but it's a stumbling block to everything you do and you will constantly be victimized by, by that because... You didn't confront it. You didn't deal yeah. with it. Because when you confront things and deal with them and acknowledge them, then you're able to work through them. How can you ever work through anything if you have never acknowledged that it's going on or that it happened? Right, right. Well, also learning to manage your stress levels. Is oh. it is it cortisol that's your stress? They call the stress yeah. hormone? Yeah. You know, learning to manage your stress. I don't know if you've ever done this, but say something goes wrong. Like I've had this happen to me more than once say something goes wrong like in the morning and it stresses me out well I can give into that Mm -hmm. and I can just think about that thing that went wrong and it's I I swear it's like it causes other things to go wrong which will stress me out more and more and more so learning to manage that and to just take a deep breath and say okay wait a minute 
this one thing has gone wrong, but I can't let it take over my whole entire life. And Mm -hmm. let me do something. Let me meditate. Let me take a step back. Let me do something to help manage my stress levels so they don't just keep getting higher and higher and out of control. Yeah, I feel like I've done it all in the stress department, all meaning all of the wrong things. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. like I was terrible when I was younger. I mean, I still, you know, I'm a work in progress, but I, I have learned certain things to help manage my stress. And, you know, when I was younger, I would let things that probably started with disappointment, since that's what we're talking about. You, of course, you're just gonna you're gonna get natural stress from that because anytime we feel those strong emotions and and things like disappointment, we're gonna feel stressed. But they build and build and then turn into like a level of anxiety yeah. that can be out of control sometimes. So trying to nip that stress in the bud when when it starts and thinking of ways to offset it for me is something I have to be very aware of because, you know, like I have an autoimmune disease too and cortisol levels and stress really, really affect like the inflammation in my body. Yeah. So I'm still having to find new ways to manage stress because of that and new things to turn to because it's just crazy what an effect stress has, you know, on you, period, and everyone around you and everything around you. Well, you know, it's been it's been proven that that's one of the most unhealthy things for your body is stress. Mm-hmm. I mean, stress can give you a heart attack. It can make mm-hmm. you physically sick. Mm-hmm. And so it's so important to learn to learn ways to to deal with that and to combat stress and, you know, just learn how to manage it and not let it consume you. But this, you know, one of my favorite things to do is in a situation where you're disappointed or you're having a stressful situation or whatever. And sometimes I do this inappropriately, but it's just a built-in <laughs> mechanism that I have. And that is like finding humor in a situation or finding the light side. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they say laughter is the best medicine. I, I so believe that because, you know, I've like been in an argument before and then crack a joke and then everybody laughs and then it immediately lightens the mood and a lot of times it will just lighten the mood so much that you forget what you're even upset about and so I think finding that humor and just looking at the lighter and brighter side of a situation can really work wonders yeah it's combat stress we were just talking about stress that I think that's a good place where sometimes if you can't find it yourself we were talking about talking to people sometimes you're you know, people that are more on the outside of the emotion have a way of um, making jokes. My husband's great at this, <laughs> making jokes, however inappropriate they may be. And, and you know, a lot of times people can help you laugh and laugh it off and, and you know, even poke fun at you right. about the situation. And it makes it more lighthearted and, and gives you a chance to exist outside of that emotion and really laugh and and you know laughter and and being lighthearted is the a huge part of enjoying life and it brings you back to that place of if you've been drowning in that disappointment of like just feeling good again well and there's not there's not a lot that even just feels better than laughter when it's that deep down laughter oh, yeah. that you know brings tears to your eyes yes. i mean there, there there's something healing about that and that can just make you feel better and talk about a way to like alleviate stress and to boost your mood 
you know, a good a good laugh um, will will work wonders. Yeah, and I mean, face it, when we're going through that, there's a lot of that that we're probably there's a lot of things we're probably taking too seriously, and we say this all the time, like. Just don't take it too seriously. Like you can get past it right. being being lighthearted and having that attitude of like that. You know, yeah, this is a disappointment. This happened, but I'm not going to let it drown me. Right. You know, I, right. I can still laugh. I can still enjoy my life. That's yeah, laughing and it can lighten the mood and change everything. Right. Well, and you know, we're we're talking about disappointments here um, that are, I think, lighter. You know, there are a lot of disappointments in life, like losing a loved one, someone dies that's close to you. There are a lot of, of things that happen in your life that you just have to work through. Like, there are no quick fixes. There are no things that, that make it better. So, you know, if something really traumatic or something really hard happens to you, by all means, take the time that you need to get past that and to grieve and, and to work through it. You know, I think we're talking about here more more um, things that you can kind of control more and that you can, you know, I mean, I always think focusing on gratitude and other things can help you through a situation. But, you know, there are a lot of things that happen to us, you know, like losing someone close to us right. that, you know, you just have to have that time to feel how you feel and to work through that and, you know, pray that God helps you, helps you through the pain. So, you know, a a lot of these things can still apply, but, but also sometimes you just need to take the time. And like I said, to grieve and to feel that and to let yourself feel and be how you, you know, however you're feeling at the time. So, well, yeah. And grief, um, I talked about riding a wave. Grief is like, riding an ocean of waves because you get past one thing and then Mm -hmm. you've got the next one you know there's so many stages of it right and you know all of this doesn't apply to everything I think it can be helpful but there are things that are life-changing and you don't just ride that one wave and you're through it you're riding another one and another one and another one right and uh yeah so so just getting through the different stages of disappointment, you know, it's like, you know, grief. I mean, you know, I don't know if we could, that that's like the ultimate disappointment is when you lose someone that you love. But, um, you know, I still think that some of these things like taking care of yourself can help you along the way. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. I agree. Well, and one of my favorite things I, I know, I think we said something about this a little earlier in the episode, but is, 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 helping someone else yeah like because disappointment is all about yourself really and your feelings your a lot situation, of times yeah you've gone through yeah and, and a lot of times if you can step back and just do something nice for someone else or help someone else mm-hmm. it takes your focus off of what's going on with you and there's not there's not much that makes me feel better than when I'm able to help another person or do something nice for somebody Mm -hmm. and I know it's something that really means something to them or something that inspires them you know that's you know it it's almost a little bit selfish in a sense just because it makes you feel so good also but but then again, it's not because you're helping that person. I think that's a beautiful way that God has that set up, though. You know, know. you do something good for somebody else mm-hmm. and it not only helps them, but it helps you in return. Well, and I mean, I think uh, uh, going a step further with that is maybe 
maybe you're helping someone with disappointment. Amazingly enough, you talked about like, that's amazing how God has that all structured. It's so true because the things that we've gone through are sometimes the stuff we're still going through can help allow us to help someone else. And that helping someone else, I agree with you, is such a great feeling, even if it is selfish. I mean, let's face it, we do self-care, we do all these things to make ourselves feel good. Why not do something for somebody else that makes you feel good? (laughs) Right. You know, and it does all those things like combat stress, takes your mind, it's a good distraction. It makes you feel good. It makes you grateful. And that is a that is a really, really good one. Well, you know, and 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 I really believe this that God lets us go through through things a lot of time times to be able to help other people mm-hmm. because you know there have been so many situations and things I've been through in my life and at the time they seemed so terrible but then later in life I was able to help somebody else going through the same exact mm-hmm. things and like all of a sudden I would have like this unbelievable like feeling of warmth and like oh wow had I not gone through that, I never would have been able to help this person. Mm-hmm. And that's just a really good feeling. It makes the pain and the the disappointment and everything that you've gone through that you maybe didn't understand. It helps helps make a little bit of sense out of it, I think, yeah. because when you're able to help somebody else going through a similar situation, you know, again, it just it makes you feel like, oh, like I'm helping this person and I would not be able to help them in this way had I not gone through this. Well, and it, it gives you that connection that I think we all crave and we all want. You get that connection with someone, that human connection that feels kind of like you're feeling. For me, it's like you're being filled up with like a warm liquid. It makes you all, you know, they say warm and fuzzy. Yeah, yeah. And I think we all need that connection. And sometimes the things we go through, we can feel disconnected. So that's another great side of that, being able to help someone else. Like you said, it makes it make sense, which is a big thing, because like for me, I always try to make things make sense. Right. You know, like I said, I love science because I'm trying to make things make sense to me. And that connection just it's it really makes you feel good. And again, is a great way, you know, even though I guess it's it's a little selfish, even though it sounds crazy, it's selfish to help someone else. But it. It makes you feel good. It distracts you from your pain. It helps you help someone else with their pain. Well, you know, and having been on the other side of somebody helping me more than once, I mean, many times in my life there have been friends or family or someone who have who have, has helped me go through something that they had been through before. Mm-hmm. You know, being on the other side of that, the person being helped, like it's the best feeling too because to feel understood and to feel like somebody gets you and they know what you're going through and they can speak from a place of experience and give you advice from a place of experience that can work wonders for you because just knowing that you're not alone and that somebody else has been through that, that can really, really help you a lot. So that's the flip side of, of being helped. And, you know, also when you're disappointed, having somebody step in and help you, in that situation, um, you know, that well, human a, connection is just like you said, that's everything. Yeah. And it's a deeper kind of help. You know, we talk to a, a, to a lot of people that um, are in recovery and things like that. And one of the most beautiful things to me about recovery is that once you get to a certain stage, you help someone else. So yeah. you start helping someone else. 
And to me, it's such a deeper connection. Like if somebody looks at me and says, I know how you feel, that's great. You know, thank you for that. But if someone says, I know how you feel, let me tell you. Yeah. Let me tell you. Yeah. Like, and you really know that somebody knows how you feel. That's a different sort of connection. And especially if that person has gotten through it. Yeah. Or is getting through it. It gives you hope. Yeah. 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 It gives you hope that you're gonna that you're gonna feel better and you are gonna get through it. Well, and also, you know, this, I think this kind of goes hand in hand with that, but, you know, taking time to focus on your inner self, your spiritual side, mm-hmm. that, uh, that has gotten me through so many things in my life, really bad things or, or really disappointing times is just turning inward and focusing on God and the spiritual aspect of my mm-hmm. life and just really kind of searching for answers that way. And again, trusting that whatever I'm going through at the time is only temporary and that there's going to be something better and then I'm going to get through this, you know, there's something just very healing. And like you said, that I call it warm, buttery peace that you Mm -hmm. feel when you have that connection to your spiritual side and, and, um, and just knowing that you're going to get through this and everything's going to be okay. Peace. That's, that's just, that's what, you know, I was laughing and saying how I pray about everything, but it, it brings peace. Like when I connect with a higher power, something bigger than myself, when I pray, when I just, I mean, like I said, it, the little things, the big things, all the things in between, it brings so much peace, which I think is something that's very hard to find when you're going through turmoil and disappointment. It's right. just having those times of peace and clarity and focusing inwardly sometimes we look for answers outwardly but just focusing inwardly and really connecting to that side of ourselves is really all the answers we need sometimes because it brings that peace and that's really what what we need in situations like that right well and then also you know once you work through some of the feelings and the disappointment really learning to put your energy in into your future and you know what lies ahead of you yeah and realizing that wait this is not the end this was this was you know a road bumper this was something bad that happened but this is not my life like mm-hmm. i still have a future and i still have great things waiting for me and learning to just take even take those emotions and turn them into some to energy and to help you um focus on the future and and what can be instead of what didn't work out you know yeah, because you said like a road bump or a roadblock or whatever and sometimes it's the best detour that you've ever taken right you ever gone on a detour because the main roads cut off and you're, it's like this beautiful drive I mean I know that's a little bit cheesy way to put it but I'm, like I like I kind of think, <laughs> think about it like that is that you know really focusing on the future sometimes makes you realize that maybe those things that you did have to let go of and that didn't work out were the best detour and the best thing that could have ever happened to you. And, um, you know, it's all about looking ahead and staying positive and knowing that everything's going to be okay down the road, even if you do have to ride that wave. Yeah. But just knowing that that's going to be over and your future is maybe even brighter looking forward. Yeah, there have there have been so many times in my life that I would be so disappointed in something that didn't work out mm-hmm. or something that I wanted so bad. And it was so heartbreaking that it didn't work out. But then, you know, years down the road, I would look back, you, you know, that song, 
and thank God for unanswered mm-hmm. prayers. Like that is such a, a beautiful song in so many ways, but just mm-hmm. that thought of, you know, being thankful that the things didn't work out because then you look back and you're like, Oh my God, if that would have worked out, I wouldn't be where I am now. And what I have now is so much better. So again, just focusing on what is still ahead of you and not what is behind you is such a huge thing to give you your inspiration back and to help you overcome disappointment and whatever it is that hasn't gone right in your life. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Oh,